David is going to show us how to get each day started off right. He's going to call upon the Lord early in the morning and then anticipate answers throughout the day. He is going to identify those that walk in sin and maintain his commitment to righteous living while offering reasons to us for worshiping God and walking in his divine favor or protection. Hello and welcome to the Netcast Podcast, where you will find Bible studies that follow an in-depth approach to sharing the good news about Jesus Christ. I am your host, Mark Hatfield, and my prayer is that you are encouraged by these lessons from the Word of God. Thank you for listening to today's message. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Netcast Podcast. We are currently working our way through a series called Psalms of Life, And today we are studying from Psalm 5. If you want to follow along, grab your Bible and be turning now to Psalm 5. There's a story told about early African converts to Christianity who were earnest and regular in private devotions. Each one reportedly had a separate spot in the thicket where he would pour out his heart to God. Over time, the path to these places became very well worn. As a result, if one of these believers began to neglect prayer, it was soon apparent to the others. They would kindly remind the negligent one, Brother, the grass grows on your path. We are back in the book of Psalms this week for a message that I have titled, The Right Start to Every Day. Before we get into the study of what appears to be a prayer to God, let me remind you that this is a song that was sung. In the opening of the psalm, David addresses it to the chief musician and states that it should be accompanied by the flute. And while our purpose is to study the lyrics, it's easy for us to forget that this was a piece of music for the Israelites to use in their praise of God. Don't lose sight of this as we move forward. David is going to show us how to get each day started off right. He's going to call upon the Lord early in the morning and then anticipate answers throughout the day. He is going to identify those that walk in sin and maintain his commitment to righteous living, while offering reasons to us for worshiping God and walking in his divine favor or protection. Let's begin by reading the first three verses of Psalm 5. As we look at the point, start each day praying to God and then anticipate answers. He says, Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my groaning. Heed the sound of my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. You see, David is going to ask God in three different ways to listen to him when he prays. First, David simply asks God to lend an ear to his words. In this, David realizes that there are certainly others making petitions to God, and he is asking for his request to find a place before the throne of the Almighty. If you remember, Cornelius was a man in the New Testament that prayed to God continually, and it was confirmed to him in a vision that his prayers had reached heaven as a memorial before God, in Acts chapter 10, verses 2 through 4. Wouldn't it be great if every time that you prayed, there was a verbal reply, prayer received? David wanted such a confirmation. And in this line of the psalm, David is not so much concerned about how God will answer, but he simply desires audience with the Lord. And we are promised that the Lord's ears are open to the righteous cries. Next, David asked God to consider his groaning. There will be times in our life in service to God where instead of words, we express our inward pain by audible sounds that come from the depth of our being. 
Paul spoke of this in Romans 8.26 when he says, The Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groaning too deep for words. When you cannot say what needs to be prayed, the Holy Spirit gathers the groaning of our heart. And I have literally been in this place before where you are in so much pain that you utter your feelings in sounds, and God hears the message behind this kind of heartache. For example, in John chapter 11, 32 and 33, the Bible records our Lord's response to the death of his friend, Lazarus. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit. The New American Standard Bible says he was moved deeply in the spirit and was troubled. What is this groaning in the spirit and being troubled? Let's keep reading in verses 35 and 36. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how much he loved him. Then in verse 38, we continue. Then Jesus again groaning in himself came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Verse 40 says, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Jesus never said anything to his father, did he? What does Jesus mean that the father heard him? While some might speculate that Jesus must have at some point uttered a quick prayer somewhere in the text, the only two things that could have been heard by God were his groaning in the spirit and his being troubled at the loss of his friend. And God heard him and allows Jesus to raise Lazarus from the dead. It is interesting to point out that in the context, we have all three types of prayer that we find in Psalm 5. Mary falls before the Lord in petition and acknowledgement of his ability. We see the Lord groaning in his spirit along with all who had gathered there. Think of it like a baby before they can talk. What do they do to let us know that they need something? They groan, they whimper, they whine, they cry out loud on some occasions. We know by this that they are troubled by something, and so what do we do as parents? We respond. We interpret these sounds and begin working to find out what is wrong and how we can help. Even when we grow older, we will find that a heartfelt need can be shared before God with groaning. He wants to deliver us out of our troubles. We also see the third type of prayer in the story of Lazarus, where there is weeping from Mary and the Jews that came with her for the Lord to help with the loss of Lazarus. David says in the psalm, Heed the sound of my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. David acknowledges the Lord God as his King, even though he himself was a King. In other words, I reverence you as sovereign. I honor you as holy, and I uplift you as an awesome God, and because I know that you reign supreme over all things, I pray to you. I don't pray to false gods. I don't beseech earthly kings and rulers. I don't look to myself for answers. I look up to you, Lord. And this is important for us to learn. Since God is on the other end of the line, David asks him to heed the sound of his cry for help. David then tells the Lord of his early requests and his eager anticipation for answers. This is David's way of making an appointment with God. It is also David's way of showing God the importance that he places on talking with his God. David doesn't wait until something bad is happening throughout the day to pray. David starts every day with pouring his heart out to God. 
Can you think of a better way to kick off a brand new morning? Consider Jesus in Mark chapter 135. Here's what we read. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Sometimes it is those early hours before anyone else is up that you wake up before the sunrise, you take a deep breath of fresh morning air, you are grateful that you are blessed with another day. How should you respond? Pray. Give thanks and let God hear your voice. He wants to hear from you. David gets started early, sending his petitions. As the text says, I order my prayers to you. By order, he does not mean demand, but like placing an order in order. He strategically lays out what he needs and he sends the request to God. David arranges a prayer like a sacrifice to offer to God. For example, when you place an order on Amazon, especially if you take advantage of Prime Day, what do you do? You wait eagerly for the package to arrive, and you cannot wait to get the thing that you ordered. What confidence do you have in Amazon to believe that what you ordered will arrive as requested and on time? Well, you see, they have become a reputable company, and many people now shop with them. David has even more excitement and more expectation when he goes to God in prayer. God has proven himself to be good, caring, on time, and delivers exactly what we need or what we request according to his will. And David places his order, and then it says, he eagerly watches. This phrase conjures up the picture of someone placed on watch in a watchtower. He is scanning the horizon for the arrival of his answers. Every day is a prime day for prayer. He keeps checking the front porch and he keeps going back to the mailbox to see if the thing has arrived. He stands by the front door looking up and down the road for the delivery guy. David believed before he ever received what was ordered that it was coming because of who he ordered it from. And his request went on to to an amazing, almighty, awesome, all-powerful God of heaven and earth. Amazon doesn't even compare to the storehouses of heaven and the reliability of God when his people come to him by faith and they pray. How is your prayer life? Do you take a moment to pause in the morning and pray? Let me encourage you to at least start each day with a quick prayer. Then you can watch eagerly throughout the day for God to move on your behalf. He's waiting to hear from you. Don't forget to pray regularly or to follow what Paul said, pray without ceasing. In Psalm 55:17, David acknowledges that while morning prayer is a great start, he also prays at noon and in the evening. In other words, all day long. And he believed God would listen and respond. Now let's read verses 4 through 10 of Psalm 5 as we look at our second point for today, and that is, start each day in God's righteousness and avoid evil. He says, For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness. No evil dwells with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all who do iniquity. You destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the man of bloodshed and deceit. But as for me, by your abundant loving kindness, I will enter your house. At your holy temple, I will bow in reverence for you. O Lord, lead me in your righteousness because of my foes. Make your way straight before me. There is nothing reliable in what they say. Their inward parts is destruction itself. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Hold them guilty, O God. By their own devices, let them fall. In the multitude of their transgressions, thrust them out, for they are rebellious against you. And so David begins by pointing out in prayer some important truths about God's righteousness. If you want to get the day started right, you need to know God and his qualities. 
God already knows his character, so why does David include these in the psalm so as if to inform God? First, he wants God to know that he, that is David, understands God's divine attributes. Secondly, it is good for us to speak these truths as a reminder to ourselves and others who might hear us. Thirdly, as this was a song, any time its lyrics were sung, it reminded the righteous and the unrighteous of their place before a holy God. And David points out that since God is holy, righteous, and should be revered, it does not please God to see someone live a life of sin. To choose sin over serving God is an act of rebellion, and this will never be pleasing to the Lord. Light and darkness cannot dwell together, since God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. Only those that walk in the light will be able to have fellowship with God by being freed from sin by the blood of Jesus. 1 John chapter 1, 5-7 through If we hope to spend eternity with God and to find blessings from God while we dwell on this earth, we need to be free from the practices of wickedness and living a life in the light of God's word. Instead of putting away evil, many people boast in their unrighteousness, and these individuals will not be able to stand in the presence of God. See Psalm 1, verse 5. According to David, these people are repulsive to God because of his holiness. David says, he hates all who do iniquity. It's interesting because we have always said God hates the sin and not the sinner. Listen, God is simply too holy and too righteous to allow evil to dwell with him. It is not that he wants to cast souls into hell. The fact is that God does not want anyone to perish, but for all to come to repentance and a knowledge of the truth. The truth is that the sinner will go to hell if they never surrender their life to Jesus and obey the gospel. God loved us enough to send Jesus while we were still in our sins. If we choose to reject that gift of his mercy and grace, we won't be approved by God on the judgment day. He has no choice but to hate sin, and he will ultimately despise those that are found in sin when he judges the world. We are living amongst those that call evil things good and good things evil. It's happening every day, and instead of being able to stop it, we are being told to be more ecumenical, more tolerant, and in many cases accepting of sin while being forced to embrace it or be charged with hate crimes. The days are drawing near where you and I are going to be the minority in seeking to obey the teachings of God's word and uphold them in the face of much opposition. David goes on to say that God will destroy liars and all those who deny the truth. There is no such thing as a white lie. All lies are opposed to truth. And liars are in the same boat with murderers, according to the Lord in Revelation 21 and verse 8. Also, anyone who is quick to shed blood or deceive others will not be in his good graces when they answer for their actions in this life. Their bitter end will be destruction by the hand of God. And that is why those who are currently pushing to legalize abortion into the latest terms of pregnancy are going to be punished. This is a huge issue for us today, and we need to take a stand for those who cannot stand up for themselves. These are children that are being killed. We don't have the right to take a life that God is forming and fashioning in the womb. But bloodshed goes beyond abortion. Consider that we are taught that if we hate our own brother, we have already committed murder in our hearts. We weren't allowed to only use this text for the most despicable crimes that we see among us. We must pray for our enemies and learn to turn the other cheek. The continuing issues of fighting with our neighbor need to stop. We are so quick these days to wish someone pain, suffering, even death, because of something they may have said or done against us. The example left for us is this, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. 
The famous words of Jesus on the cross teach us that we aren't to utter threats, speak evil, or worse, take matters into our own hands and initiate revenge. We are taught that the wrath and judgment belong to the Lord, and he will carry it out someday in righteous judgment. Our job is to preach the truth in love and pray that those ignorant of the will of God will come to know him and serve him. This is critical right now in our world as we are divided over many things. In the end, the only thing that will matter is if we walked in truth while avoiding deceitfulness. David ends his discussion about the Lord by saying that if we are upright in the face of those that are wicked by the deep love of God, we will continue to praise and worship him out of complete reverence and devotion to him. We will enter his presence in worship. David says, as for me, meaning that in spite of what everyone else is doing, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua 24, 15. We don't have time to play games, to live selfishly, to continue in sinful behaviors. We need to keep our eyes above in prayer and praise to God. David was going to enter the house of the Lord and prostrate himself in worship before God. David says, I will bow in reverence for you. Do you revere God and honor him in worship? This worship starts here with the saints who make up the house of God, but extends into our daily activities which bring God praise through our sacrifices made in giving thanks and acts of service and love in his name. Do you make a practice of assembling for worship? Are you a living sacrifice on the altar of the Lord's service every day? This is how you kick off every day right. By worshiping, worship will feed the fire that will keep you on fire for the Lord every day. Don't miss the opportunities that are offered to you to worship God. And then David adds to his prayer, asking God for direction to do what is right. David says, O Lord, lead me in your righteousness because of my foes. Make your way straight before me. In other words, since I have so many surrounding me that are taking a crooked path that is not according to your will, and they want to drag me down with them, I need your leadership, Lord, to gain guidance for my steps. He wants the way of God to be clear before his eyes. What a beautiful request indeed. We don't want to be crooked like we read about those in Philippians 2.15 and Acts 2 and verse 40, where they were in the midst of a perverse and a crooked or, or wicked generation. Next, we see four reasons why David asked this request for direction from God. First, there is nothing reliable in what they say. The only person David could trust was God, and this explains his prayer to God while surrounded by these unreliable sources. Then he said, their inward part is destruction itself. They do not build up, but rather they tear down. David needs to be uplifted, and the only avenue where he can find any encouragement is through the avenue of prayer. And the people in David's path are filled with a spirit set to ravage him with their words. David continues, their throat is an open grave. Their words reek of rottenness and death, and if you listen to their speech, it leads to further death. David wants life and looks to God as his guide. Finally, David says, they flatter with their tongue. This means that even when sinners attempt to speak in a positive fashion, they are merely flattering for the purpose of gaining an advantage over you. We need to avoid these kinds of people and rely solely on God and others that do trust in Him. James tells us about the dangers of the use of our tongue. It is powerful beyond measure. We can use it for good, or with it we can set our world on fire. Don't underestimate the power of words, and do what you can to keep your tongue restrained. 
Remember that without a bridle on our tongue, our religion and faith is worthless. We need, we need pure and undefiled religion, and part of that is using our tongue to bless others and pray to God in times of need. David ends this section by asking God to hold these sinners accountable. He says the following three things. Hold them guilty, let them fall, and thrust them out. And what is his reason? He says to God, they are rebellious against you. So the conclusion from this part of the psalm is that we can either be righteous or we can be rebellious. We have to make a choice because there is no middle ground. We are not talking about self-righteousness, but a righteousness that is declared by God on those who live as God has called them to live. And that leads us to our third and final point from verses 11 and 12. Start each day with worship to God and enjoy his favor or his protection. David says, But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy, and may you shelter them, that those who love your name may exult in you. For it is you who blesses the righteous man, O Lord. You surround him with favor as with a shield. From this portion of the psalm we learn that gladness and joy are to fill the hearts of those that take refuge in the shelter of the Lord. Every single child of God should be glad since they have found a hiding place in the Lord. God is a bulwark, a mighty tower, a cleft in the rock, a shelter in a time of storm. He protects all who choose to take cover in Him. We are hidden with Christ in God, the Bible says in Colossians 3 and verse 3. We are clothed with Christ and no one can take us out of His hand. Thank God for His coverage and His care. David says that this gladness should result in a life filled with praise as we sing for joy. He also adds that everyone that loves the name of the Lord is to exalt in the Lord. Lift up the Lord. He took you in and kept you from certain death and eternal destruction. For this tender care, we offer to him the fruit of our lips in giving thanks and praise. Worship the Lord because he is worthy. And then he says, God is the source of all blessings and favor for the righteous man. God surrounds us with his goodness and it forms a shield of protection. A few psalms ago, we talked about how David said that God was a shield about him. We not only are barricaded and kept from the enemy, but in the comfort of God's fortification, we can cherish his constant blessings. The key to this is that we maintain our faith in the Lord and we stay near to his side. In this verse, David points out that God is the one who blesses, but he also points out that the recipient of the blessings will be those that are righteous before him. Those that do not live for the Lord and choose not to please him do not meet this description. This beatitude must be written on our hearts. Blessed are the righteous. Today we have learned how to start each day off on the right foot. First, we begin with prayer and waiting in eager expectation for answers. Next, we set our minds to live righteous lives and avoid wickedness. Finally, we fill our days with worship and we enjoy the favors shown to us by God. What a beautiful song David has written in the form of a prayer. I hope that these will be a reminder to all of us as we continue to grow in our faith. Perhaps you're one of those curious souls that are listening today, but you've never given your life to the Lord. And after hearing about his love and favor and his care or protection, his salvation, maybe you want to start this day off with coming in obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you believe that he is the Savior, the Son of God, and you're willing to repent of your sins, confess your faith in Jesus, and be immersed in water for the remission of sins, I want to rejoice with you in that decision that you will make. 
If you need help getting in contact with a good church in your area that can assist you with these steps and your faithful walk with God, I would love to do that. Please reach out to me and let me know of your spiritual need. Maybe you're listening as a child of God. Maybe you took a crooked path or a misstep recently, and you've strayed from the dedication that you once had. Maybe you just want to ask for encouragement or strength for some struggle that you're having spiritually. I want to be a part of that prayer. Please reach out to me and let me know how I can help. Thank you for listening. Have a blessed day. Have you visited the Netcast podcast store yet? This is going to provide you with a place to get your Netcast merch. At the same time, you will be supporting the Netcast podcast with a portion of your purchase and securing an opportunity to talk about the faith that we share together on this podcast. Click the shop link to learn more at netcasthost.com forward slash shop. Thank you for your support in advance. In Season 6, titled Psalms of Life, I have a special offer that is connected with the series in the Book of Psalms. If you partner with Netcast during our sixth season, I want to send you the complete outline for the studies, but I will also be including the supplemental PowerPoint slideshows to guide you in your study. If you want to become a partner or make a donation, you can send PayPal donations using netcasthost at gmail.com or visit patreon.com forward slash netcast to learn more about how you can get on board with this podcast. I have also added this podcast to buymeacoffee.com forward slash netcast host, where you can send a small gift of any amount to help support the show. Thank you in advance. If you are not able to support this ministry effort financially at this time, would you please consider doing one of the following? First, please subscribe and continue to be a dedicated listener. Next, please share Netcast with your friends and family and encourage them to subscribe. Finally, Consider leaving a review for the podcast so that your positive feedback could encourage others to listen. Take a few moments after we sign off today to visit our website at netcasthost.com. Here you will find transcripts of the podcast on the blog. You can sign up for the free newsletter, become a member, and join Netcast for free, which will give you access to hidden portions of the podcast host site like our members forum and so much more. Don't forget to check out our social media sites on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to like and follow the podcast as we use these sites to keep you current on what is happening at Netcast. Every new episode is announced on these media outlets. Until next time, God bless you richly in Jesus Christ, our Lord.